podcast is out there. I am FBI Director Robin, and I'm joined by my special agents. Tammy. Claire. Brad. And we also have a guest with us here today uh, from his uh, palace in the north, Illyrio. Hello. Woo! Welcome. Yes. <laughs> Please make sure the drawbridge is up. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. Taking care of some palatial Raise the port palace. Your palace oh, is guarded by a white lion, palace, isn't it? Let me tell you right now. <laughs> 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 All right, well, um, <clears throat> the X-File we're opening today is for Season 1, Episode 15, Lazarus. And unless I die during recording and the corresponding energy burst fries my MacBook, uh, you're listening to this uh, days after the Ravens, 49ers, won the Super Bowl. And how about that? Beyonce! I can't believe how well she did. Much she sucked. Uh, so uh, that was it was a pretty good game. So. It was quite a game because uh, they got all the points and they went all the lines and they got all <laughs> the way to the goalposts and they really ran out there and I feel like everybody did their best this year and boy I just I the, I can't believe they they got the spread and they, they ran all the yards and made it and the the team won. Can and those commercials were game. awesome. <laughs> and they played that game, whatever it was, I don't know. <laughs> but they really played it. Um, I just want to say the most shocking moment of the big game was when it was announced Beyonce was sick and that she was going to be replaced by the cast of Glee and Jonathan Colton came out. <laughs> nice. Uh, excellent. And then he played the whole fourth quarter. <laughs> I know, by himself. <laughs> All right, so let's see who's going to give us a uh, plot summary here today. Uh, and that person would be... Brad! Oh, <laughs> I really wish it was guest. Uh, sorry, you can't wish for it or else it won't happen. I've heard that a lot in my life. <laughs> um, okay, so... prayed more. <laughs> <laughs> Start that summary in three, two, one, go. All right. So Scully hanging out with her old boyfriend, who's an FBI guy, and they're going to stop a bank robber. And the guy comes in. Oh, there's a shootout. Uh, Scully's former boyfriend gets shot. They go to the hospital. Uh, the other guy got shot as well. Uh, they are both dying or dead. The uh, the robber dies. but And then the, Scully's former boyfriend dies. And then he comes back, but it's not him. Oh, my God, it's the burglar. He's inside. And then there's a long lot of nonsense where he's trying to catch up with his old girlfriend. And Scully's like, it's not really him. And Mulder's like, obviously, well, clearly somebody else is inside his body and taking over. Uh, It's kind of boring. Eventually, they get him. (laughs) And he dies because he drinks a soda and he's diabetic. And it's really, really (laughs) nonsensical and boring and awful. That's the episode. All right. That's 50 seconds. Ooh. Nice. All right. You, you I left forgot. out the most important piece of information, but yes. we'll get into that. Yes. <laughs> Clearly, you're referring to our favorite Cylon. <laughs> Don't get me started on that yet, because I almost fell off my bed when that moment. <laughs> we will get to that. Well, he's a Canadian actor. Where else do you expect him to get work in the 90s? No, 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 no. We will get to that, Illyrio. Don't we, worry. I, I don't know what you guys are talking about, but I've got something far more important. Casting-wise. 
I've got stuff here uh, that's actually kind of facts. It's not really related to the episode, but since we're in 1994, I figured I should mention these, get them out of the way. Um, for one thing, your favorite title sequence uh, actually won uh, Outstanding Individual Achievement in Graphic Design and Title Sequences <laughs> at the Emmys. Bullshit. What? Mark bullshit. Snow is I not that. bullshit. No, it's true. It's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's down to Floaty Man. It's the best thing ever. I love it. I Every didn't know the Emmys had a category for that, but <laughs> apparently they do. Best Floaty Man. Mark it's Snow. Was, the college uh, years is a better opening sequence. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Mark Snow was nominated for the theme, but uh, he lost. I forget what he lost to. I didn't write, write it down. Saved by the Bell the it college doesn't years. Matter. Standing on the edge of tomorrow. Today, 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 today. today. Also, um, spoiler alert: Scully's pregnant. Uh, actually, what? Gillian Anderson's pregnant. <laughs> Over the uh, Christmas break, Gillian Anderson married uh, a twenty-four-year-old. Gillian Anderson married thirty-three-year-old Clyde Klotz, art whoa, director whoa, whoa, whoa. on the X Files. Twenty-four. Yep. She looks terrible for twenty-four. <laughs> yeah. My apologies. Um. But- so did she get pregnant because of all that hand rubbing with uh, guy last week as we suggested it was right after uh, gender bender aired is when she got pregnant I don't know when gender bender was filmed Um, but yeah it's not to like so basically watch for the uh, expanding stomach or uh, camera shooting her from behind things you know to cover up it's really kind of more apparent towards the beginning of the second season, but she's going to be stuck in a lot of seatbelts from here on out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and I wouldn't know how we would be able to tell anyway. She wears so many layers of clothes. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> um, also, this one is written by Howard Gordon, Alex Ganza, directed by David Nutter. Um, so we start off here at uh, Maryland Marine Bank, and Scully is assisting Agent Jack Willis. Okay. Uh, on a tip. It, like, I thought she was just on the X Files now. Mm. So why yeah. is she helping this guy? Like, I was like, what? I didn't understand it either. Apparently, old friends or old flames can just kind of call upon her services, and she comes running, even if it's in, like in a dangerous bank robbery situation where yeah. uh, it seems that she is, she and him are the only people there <laughs> to stop this guy. Uh, there's nobody out waiting outside. <laughs> Nothing. Just them. So, can we talk about this guy? Jack Willis? His name is Christopher Allport. Yes. And obviously, the most important thing he's done is he played the lead in a couple of films, Jack Frost and Jack Frost 2 Revenge of the Mutant Killer Snowman. I know. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I was so happy to see him. Not, not, Not the... Michael Keaton one, right? The oh, fuck that. The real Jeff one. Gold- the one no, with the not, the, not the bad one. The cinematic masterpiece that is the other Jack Frost. Not Santa awesome. Claus 3. <laughs> well, I, I I know him from playing uh, Billy's dad on Mad Men, but <laughs> that's definitely not as prestigious, I'm sure. He fought mm. a killer snowman once in his hometown <laughs> and then again in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> And he won both times because he's a yeah. badass. He's a badass. Is that the Jack Frost with Jeff Goldblum? <gasps> Isn't there a Jack Frost with Jeff Goldblum? <gasps> what? Anyway, sorry. There shouldn't be. There should be nothing with Jeff Goldblum, not even reality. 
I think uh, there should only be Jack Frost with Killer Mutant Snowmen. <laughs> that is my jam. <laughs> you didn't like that part in the Michael Keaton one where he starts whipping snowballs like crazy? Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> there's a bit. There's a bit where the kid goes, "Better Snow Dad than No Dad." <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No dad or no. What kind of a kind of a quote is that? <laughs> the only quote I remember from that film. <laughs> Um, well, stalling. I was trying to find a quote from Jack Frost. <laughs> <laughs> you can interject at any point. I'm sure it'll be, you know, yeah. Uh, outside, uh, Warren Dupree and uh, Star-Crossed lover Lula uh, say their sweet goodbyes um, before Dupree goes into the bank and starts shooting. I kept forgetting their names. So in the first half of my notes, they're referred to as Pumpkin and, and Honey Pie or whatever. Honey Bunny, yeah. Honey Bunny, yeah. Because he fiction. does the Pulp Fiction quote, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, I've just put Pumpkin and Honey because I couldn't remember if she was Honey Pie or Honey Bunny. I'll execute honey every pie. last one of you. Yeah. And they make a big deal out of that tattoo. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we'll okay. again that it transfers, but I don't, there was like, I feel like there was no point to that tattoo. I have to say oh. something. I have to say something right now about the tattoo. Okay. <laughs> if you're going to draw attention to a tattoo yeah. on a television show, in a movie, in a print ad, I don't fucking care what it is. Can you at least make it not the least decipherable piece of shit tattoo <laughs> I have ever seen? It was worse than like a self-made prison tattoo. He went to the same tattooist as the as ogre from Conjurex. <laughs> <laughs> no, his that guy's artist is much better. Oop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I see your oop and follow up. <laughs> um. So this this bank robbery scene was filmed on location in Vancouver in a real bank, and uh, Jason Shambing's acting, who plays uh, Dupre. His acting led some bystanders to believe that the robbery was a real one. What? Stories like this, people are the most dumb, idiotic pieces of trash. No, I think it was those acting chops, those mad acting chops, really got them. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Willis draws on Dupre with Scully backing him up, but Dupre shoots him, and then Scully triple taps Dupre. Oh, and they also they sorry sorry. They mm-hmm. also really focus on the skeleton mask, and that was actually the like screenshot for when I went into this episode on the DVD. So I thought that it was like the the mask was some kind of symbol, and it was going to bring him back from the dead, like because they really focused on it. And nope, they nothing. focused on a lot of stuff. They did, yes. <laughs> nothing. I, yeah, I also thought the tattoo was going to like disappear. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I but, don't. Well, should we get into the tattoo now? I know we're jumping ahead a bit. I just want to make sure I, everybody like, understands that Scully really should have been holding that gun sideways. <laughs> <laughs> if it's psychic transference, why did the tattoo go across? And later, when you know when he looks down and he's bleeding, I was like, is that the gunshot that Jack got, like Jack's body, and he's just pulled his stitches and he's bleeding, or is it the gunshot that Dupre got, and it's also transferred over with the tattoo, seeing as the tattoo is technically That's what I thought boot. it was. Yeah. yeah, but that doesn't make any sense. No. Well, it, also, the idea of 
like somebody dying and then jumping to someone else's body doesn't really make a lot of sense. No, but at least that's no, like, but it is a work of fiction. It's a psychic so. thing. If it's a psychic thing, then it's like okay, obviously that's not going to happen. But you know, let's just go down that that route. But then right. why would it start affecting the other body? Like that makes no sense. You never body jumped before? I've had many a Freaky Friday. Yeah. <laughs> One of the reasons why I picked this episode is I'm a big fan of the Freaky Friday concept. <laughs> this, uh, not so much. <laughs> um, Scully's triple tap here, by the way, is Scully's first kill of the series. Nice. Did um, she get a thirst for blood after this? Yeah. <laughs> Her first kill and doesn't even stay dead. <laughs> Scully yeah. fails in many ways in this episode. Fails in many ways. <laughs> Um, how about in the next scene where uh, they want to give up on reviving Willis and Scully ends up threatening them with her medical degree? Um, yeah, but yeah. you're not with Dr. Scully. You're, you know, you're not <laughs> And the nurse, that nurse just gives a look like her eyes roll so hard. <laughs> I felt it sitting down and watching it. <laughs> I'm a Who's doctor. Who's going to protect us from the snowmen? <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Dupre's body is reacting when they're, you know, giving them the paddle, uh, giving cool. Willis the paddles. <laughs> I like that. It was cool. And, and no one notices. No. <laughs> it's like jerking away in the back behind them. There's people in the room and nobody sees that from their peripheral vision. <laughs> yeah, sometimes a dead body just starts bouncing around of its own accord. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Um, two days later, Willis wakes up and uh, steals some clothes and starts looking at himself in the mirror. He goes to the morgue and uses some big surgical shears to get Dupre's wedding band. How can he... Two things, sorry. Two things. One was how can he run around with a, you know, two days after a gunshot wound to the chest? Uh-huh. Secondly, one of the things I really liked was that when he went to cut the ring off, and this is a bit grisly, but I like the fact that they actually had rigor mortis because oh, like they don't show it. Like the hand, the arms just all floppy or whatever, like the body. And I liked the very satisfying creak when he moved the arm. <laughs> it was yeah. like, I, I must was say, like, oh, it's nice. Based entirely on my non-medical degree, rigor mortis does uh, does go away after a while. It does. It goes. I think it's. I don't know if Moira can confirm. I think it goes from toe to head and then disappears from head to toe again. I think mm-hmm. it's that way. Actually, I probably can give you an exact number. Hold on, let me just check my closet. <laughs> Gross. This creepy thing isn't the dead bodies in the closet, but the fact that he has clocks and timers uh, set to <laughs> when each, which one went in. <laughs> it's the spreadsheet that bothers it's, me more than anything. It's not that he's a serial killer, it's that he's an OCD serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, um, so we get uh, Mulder and Scully are in the morgue, uh, you know, checking out the body and all that. Dupre's mutilated. Willis is missing. Willis's prints are found on the shears. And uh, Scully starts thinking that maybe Willis had some post-trauma psychosis. Came yes. down and mutilated the body, the, one, the guy that shot him. And um, they look into uh, Dupre's lady, Lula. Um, Dupre was her prison guard. They fell in love and went all Bonnie and Clyde after she got released. Yes, fell in love, I'm sure, is exactly what happened. <laughs> Mulder thinks this isn't just a simple case. Since uh Aliens. Why would the wedding ring <laughs> why would the wedding <laughs> ring be taken? 
Why would he do that? This might be the craziest leap in logic he's made <laughs> yet. Now, hold on. As soon as he had evidence that pointed to the probability that the person using those shears was left-handed, he had his mind made up. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I tell you, as a right-handed person, I never use my left hand for anything. Oh, no. You might as well throw it away. Right. I, I have. One. I, it's been replaced with a hook. <laughs> um, so Will, Willis uh, is breaks into this old house, reaches in the chimney. There's nothing there. And we see that the tattoo is appearing on his arm. Why? I don't understand. Because he's becoming more and more Dupree. But I think the tattoo appearing on his arm is like the most credible out of all the stuff that's presented in this episode. <laughs> we haven't gotten to Professor Varnes yet. Um, Mulder presents his evidence of paranormal events. A uh, left thumbprint taken off the cleaver. Do you mean surgical shears? Yeah. Yeah, that was weird. Someone doesn't like Chinese restaurants. It's a script error or something. <laughs> And B, what looks like two heartbeats on the EKG. Maybe when Jack died, he was pregnant. <laughs> hey. Ta-da. Alien That's baby. a ridiculous so, I'm surprised Mulder didn't think of that. I mean, uh, it really it is really fucking crazy. I know we say it every time, but <laughs> this one really just... Oh, he was using the other. He was using the hand that he doesn't usually use, and there was a misprint on the EKG. Clearly, he was taken over by another spirit. What is a spirit? What is a soul? <laughs> <laughs> well, Brad, a Psychic spirit energy. is a ghost. Consciousness. But none of these things are mean anything. <laughs> I don't dispute the fact, but here's here's what gets me about this episode. Okay, yes, the X Files is full of bullshit. Uh, yes, it's fictional. Yes, suspension of disbelief. Trademark SOD. Uh, <laughs> what you really have to keep in mind, though, the big, big first in this episode, in my opinion, is that Scully actually gets to experience evidence uh-huh. firsthand of Mulder's theory being correct. Yeah. And it's still unconvincing. Yeah. One of the things I think with this episode was that, uh, again, sort of jumping ahead, sorry guys, um, I really wish that this episode had been more ambiguous. I really wish that it was, yeah. maybe he was just crazy. So that's why I didn't like the tattoo thing, because, uh, you know, that makes it too obvious. And I quite liked that maybe he, he was crazy, because like I, I think I said a few episodes ago, I would like to see that in an in an episode that it, it does just turn out where Mulder's wrong and it isn't mm-hmm. an X-File. I think that would be really cool. So I was kind of hoping for that. This was, because um, obviously I've seen this before, I did sort of remember bits of this episode, but only the sort of concept um, of what happens. I didn't really remember what happened at the end, and I was kind of hoping that's what the reveal was going to be. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have a quote here. Well, sort of. Um, it says uh, that Howard Gordon says that you know, one of the writers said that uh, it left the pos- left room for the possibility of mundane expl- explanations as well as paranormal ones. This was the original series concept from which it has at times straight away. From that perspective, quote, everyone's point of view was actually very well reasoned and very well defended. What? <laughs> and that's what, you know, he means at the end by Willis's death can mean whatever Scully wants it to mean. <laughs> <laughs> 
You're welcome. Mm. <laughs> now, let's go to university. Uh, yeah. The biology department at the University of Maryland. Uh, Professor Varnes is here to blow your fucking mind. <laughs> and Professor Varnes, is his name Varnes? He needs to Varnes. start hanging out with that uh, arson guy from Fire. Because yeah. they're <laughs> way too into their work. <laughs> He says that after death, the body releases a tremendous charge of energy, enough to make a watch stop. (laughs) What? No. (laughs) What? Where the fuck did that come from? (laughs) From whatever cereal box he got his degree. Yeah. What the hell? Um, When people return, this burst of energy changes their life, their personality, um their love life uh, and can um, they can develop psychic abilities no they can't why is none he of those things are what no 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 robin wait you're misquoting the doctor oh, perceived sorry. psychic abilities oh yeah why are they quizzing this guy this doctor on it when he is in a lab that looks like it's like um like there's posters on the wall about like fungi so I was like, so is this guy like a, a botanist? It's like, why are you quizzing him about He's this? a middle school science teacher. So, <laughs> so he knows nothing. Exactly. I was like, you know. Oh, yeah. This isn't the University of Maryland. He is probably highly credited. A teaching middle school Accredited too. <laughs> and uh, he tells a story of a pilot who died and was revived after a plane crash. And the pilot remembers sleeping with his wife in ways and places he never remembered before. The ways part was my favorite part of that quote. <laughs> Wait a second. She never lets me do that. <laughs> I need just the tip. She, it turns out she was having an affair with another passenger. And he got this guy's memories when, like, when the guy died in the plane crash. And so he ends up strangling her with an extension cord. It's lovely. Did you see the smile on his face when he said that? I know. I was thinking, was this guy you? The Professor Varn just like really drops the mic and walks out of the classroom. <laughs> <laughs> even, even if that story wasn't just anecdotal evidence, <laughs> like it's still obviously as a scientist isn't the more plausible interpretation that the guy was just crazy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why does no he, one... The, he is as world? much of a scientist as the, the, the crew of the Prometheus were scientists. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... What? The writers on this show are so bizarrely, shockingly ignorant to any <laughs> any piece of the scientific method. It's terrifying. <laughs> um, afterwards, Scully thinks that, you know... Jack is going through some trauma, and it didn't help that he was always so relentlessly driven. Um, and she says she dated him for a year, and we find out here that she has a type. <laughs> um, also, uh, they share a birthday, February twenty third. And apparently, they used to birthday. they used to celebrate their birthday at this particular place, which implies more than once yes but they dated for a year what so so they probably stopped dating but then continued to celebrate their birthday because they knew each other and were friendly because that bothered me for the longest time and then i realized oh they were probably just the weird kind of couple where they break up and they don't hate each other yeah i don't get that neither do i I. just you know bang it out on the side (laughs) or the fact that she's supposed to be 24 apparently and uh (laughs) um, and he's 38 yeah yeah. Oh, you know. 
May, December. And he looks, he's a bad 38. I, I was like, yes. 38? <laughs> what? Listen, when you have to fight mutated killer snowmen and you got to defend <laughs> your town because you're the only you. sheriff that can take care of this mutant snowman, it, it ages you. Really? And then you try to go on vacation to get away from it all because you got all these issues and he's back. <laughs> like, that dude has seen some things. <laughs> So, uh, let's well, that's go to... Why it, later on when he's like, was there snow? Yes, there was! <laughs> yes. And it was killer snow! <laughs> yes! <laughs> did we kill it? <laughs> <laughs> did we kill the snow? Well, I did tell you earlier that we were in a snowstorm, so yes, there was snow. <laughs> Don't eat the yellow snow! Watch <laughs> out where the huskies go, my friends. Um, so Willis busts in on, uh, Tommy, who is okay. Willis' brother. Okay. I'm sorry, Robin. I'm sorry to interject, but... You're going to hijack it, the podcast now? I am. I'm going to take it on a All little right. ride through the land that is me almost falling off my bed in shock at this mm-hmm. scene. Because last week we were talking about Canadians appearing in the show. Hey, and yeah, I'm Canadian. I said, I'm appearing yeah, in the show. Yeah. I was, I, was, I, I was like, yeah, we need, you know, all the Canadians ever. And I said... I bet that Callum Keith Rene will appear at some point in this in this show <laughs> because he is in everything. And I swear I did not know he was in this episode. So when he shows up in the next episode, I honestly almost fell off my chair. Okay, and uh, so um, we had a little bit of a problem. You notice that the length of this episode isn't usually <laughs> uh, as long as uh, we usually have it. Um, it turns out that our recording stopped, or at least my recording stopped. Um, so I apologize. Uh, what did you guys think of the rest of the episode? <laughs> um I think we we kind of all agreed that this wasn't the best episode. Yeah. Um, you know, it was... Um, we had a lot of thoughts about the uh, mechanics of diabetes, according to the X-Files. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, in which they're completely false. Um, I can't think. What else? What else did we say? Uh, I don't know. I mean, why don't we just... Uh, I mean, unfortunately, we can't capture what we lost so why don't we just rate it and uh we did we don't have a lirio here with us anymore so i'll just start by just giving um mine and his rating um he said three he gave it a three he wasn't very impressed with it and uh he's not going to be very impressed with me after hearing how much of the episode was cut out <laughs> but he was he was very funny and he was great guys <laughs> loved him he was a delight. We certainly did. We certainly aren't glad to have cut out all of the terrible uh, uh, racial epithets he was throwing around. I mean, <laughs> that's not why this happened. No, <laughs> we did not, not in any way sabotage the episode. No, I mean, some terrible things very well may have been said, but it's not. That's not the reason. No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, thank you, Illyrio. You can find him on uh, uh, Potential Cast and Redemption Cast and Yip Podcast and Sploosh Cast and uh, Dirty Podcast and Cast Car. Cast Cast. All the casts. 
Um, I gave it a uh, six uh, Agent Teddy Bruskins, which uh, the joke works even better on the second uh, time I said it. We didn't even get to talk about how great he was in this episode, but um, I'll just leave it to your imaginations. I I thought the episode was just kind of like a normal episode. It's funny because, you know, I'm not terribly disappointed we lost the audio, except that it was we, we were so labored in talking about such a mundane episode so i well um so claire what, what's your rating well i thought um i thought it was a pretty mere episode and i i still wish that the um it had ended up not being a supernatural cause that it was just that um it was like uh, post trauma psychosis as they said because i think it would have made it interesting that Mulder was proved wrong and i'm still hoping for that in an episode at some point um, and so I gave it five out of ten. Neil Patrick Harris insulins. Awesome. And uh, and everyone's going why? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> why Neil Patrick Harris, uh, Claire? <laughs> um, because it was MPH insulin. Oh. And I hear MPH, and I think Neil Patrick Harris. Um, Tammy. Uh, yeah, it was not the best episode, not the worst episode. Uh, <laughs> it was <laughs> mediocre at best. Uh, it, I gave it 6 out of 10 laundry hanging in the boiler room because there was laundry hanging in the boiler room <laughs> <laughs> yeah we, we we got to that it was really funny we were talking about that there was laughter there was tears there was laughter Brad <laughs> guys you missed out on so much comedy hijinks <laughs> but let's just say the episode was mediocre it was ridiculous ridiculous uh, none of it makes sense just bonkers a lot we talked a lot about the tattoo nobody cares it was stupid but uh, when it comes down to it i gotta give it an extra point because we did have the sheriff from the jack frost movies which you really talked a lot about that i'm, I'm sad that all those mentions uh, were taken away Listen, this is just my invitation for all of you to go and watch Jack Frost and its sequel, Jack Frost 2, Revenge of the Mutant Killer Snowman. It is a delight. So I will have to give this 6 out of 10 generic, non-specific energy watch explosions. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's an episode grade of uh, 5.2. Um, because this is a special uh, circumstance, I'll just say we're going to be recording Young at Heart uh, next week with Mel. Um, we do have uh, recordings on uh, the track that has Claire, Brad, and Tammy uh, reading some of the emails that we got. The ones that I read, unfortunately, were lost. But we're going to, um, if Claire, master producer, um, that means she has lots of offspring. Mm-hmm. Um, is going to... Uh, They're an army. <laughs> edit together uh, us reading, or that at least them reading the uh, uh, emails as well as the voicemails we got. We're not gonna, you're not going to hear a lot of commentary, but we do want to make sure that you guys know that we appreciate your voicemails. Your feedback was... Uh, I mean, we, we laughed at a lot of it. Absolutely. If there aren't any um, pieces of feedback that were sent in featured... In um, in the rest of the episode, then it would be because we've we, we have lost the audio. But feel free to post them in the Facebook group. It's true. All right. Um. So, 
And what was our prediction for Young at Heart? Brad? Benjamin Button? <laughs> no, I made a curious case joke and Tammy laughed. Yes. And we talked I about try. I try. <laughs> Listen, here's what's going to happen. Okay, we're in the FBI. Cut to the lab. They're working on things. Technoviruses. All sorts of crazy things that shouldn't be done. Why are these scientists playing God? Oh no, the alarm goes off. Something has escaped. Is it a creature? Is it an alien? No, it's a virus and it's turning the entire FBI. <laughs> Baby Muller. Baby Scully. Trying to solve the case. But then, then Deep Throat has to come and take him and put him into nap time. Will they be able to solve it? I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> oh, man. Child babies, they'll do <laughs> All right. So um, I, I don't have the that. chance to forget to plug Illyrio because I already plugged Illyrio. And I do have a chance to say until next time, wind your watch. But I'm not going to say it this time. I'm going to say until next time. Check to make sure the audio is recording. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye, everybody. <laughs> and now, voicemails. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Episode 15, Lazarus. Parentheses, Macy's, JCPenney, Sears, and all those other mall department stores. Is Lazarus a store? Is it? I've what? Never it's heard Lazarus. of it. This makes no sense to me. I I, he's heard of it. crazy. He's probably possessed by, by a bank robber. Um, <laughs> number one, big shiny muscle cars are always perfect and completely inconspicuous when fleeing bank robberies. <laughs> Two. Hey, does he not watch Supernatural? They're the most inconspicuous cars ever to be driving around with. <laughs> No one will ever suspect us in this. Two, apparently the FBI has a wait until the bad guy can properly level and aim at you before you just can defend yourself. Force continuum policy. Possible. Three, I wonder how many FBI reports contain the word psychic transference. <laughs> Too fucking many at this point. <laughs> Four, Mulder. Look, he's, he's not right-handed anymore, Scully. So, Mulder. His signature's changed. So... He forgot his birthday. So? I caught him whacking it to an old black and white photo of Lula. Now I'm convinced. <laughs> Five. Scully, die Scully dies unless I get one million dollars. Nice plan, Dr. Evil. <laughs> Can't wait to hear Dr. Moira's medical minute after this one. This episode was weird, just weird. I give it six out of ten slit, bloody, white trash palms. John. Thanks, John. Thank you, John. If you if you do happen to see any police reports that say psychic transference on them, please let us know. Hello, Introdex. My feedback for Lazarus. Um, Scully once again walks in, takes over another emergency room without question. The doctors just listen to her because she yells that she's a doctor. No one bothers to ask her if she's a practice or what she's a doctor in, exactly. Um, apparently bad tattoos allow you to move your spirit into another body? Did we get in... Did I miss the explanation as to what the tattoo was all about? I, I may have. It was. I stopped paying attention at one point. But, oh, and uh, apparently Scully fucked her teacher. Nice. Well, that was this episode. Take care, guys. Bye.
Um, hi, Introtoxers. Pretty strong first season episode, partly because it was another Scully-centric one, I think. I must have seen this one before because I've seen everything up to halfway through season eight at least twice, but I have no memory of it at all. Claire, is this you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, my trigger is Alicia. <laughs> A few things that stood out. Love the appropriately skeptical eye roll from the ER doctors to Scully's. I'm a doctor. Keep going. The no one would sleep with a stranger from the last episode seems to have established a prudishness in Scully's character. The way she referred to the torrid romance between Philip and Dupree was totally judgmental. Philip's, I guess, Lula's last name. Oh, okay. Ah, yes. Willis's case note tapes were really pervy. But he had a sideline in heavy breathing phone calls. Betty had a sideline, sorry. Uh, I didn't get a mobile phone until about 2004, but surely even 10 years earlier, no one said cellular referring to phones. They so did. <laughs> I remember it. <laughs> Just before the FBI break into the house where Phillips uh, is keeping Willis Dupree Wilpree, and Scully Mulders skulks by a piece of graffiti saying seduction, which seems really weird. Must have been deliberate. Yeah, yeah I'm not sure. Yeah, because I noticed it, but I didn't. I just thought, well, that's a weird thing to graffiti on a wall, but okay. And in over uh, an overarching WTF about the tattoo. Okay, fine. You can have a near-death experience and come back inhabiting someone else's body. But why on earth would your tattoo be the only thing that goes with you? Do you get a choice which one you keep? Does it, go, does it only go with you if it's properly personal and not if it's bad not bad flash done when you were drunk? It wasn't very clear what it was of, but it might have made some sort of sense if it was obnoxious. Warren plus Lula forever. <laughs> Obvious. Sorry. It would have been ob- obnoxious as well. Uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, solid work. Six out of ten transient tattoos. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Just to go back to the tattoo thing for a second. <laughs> I don't think it's any crazier that the tattoo moves than this guy's mind. I think it's equal. So if one can happen, I guess the other one can happen too. It's the same thing. No. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> it is. It's, it's just as crazy that all the neurons that work in your brain, in the way they work, would transfer to someone else as a tattoo. But they explain, they, I mean, they don't explain it, so obviously it could happen. But in the episode, they say about this big bit of electricity leaving the body. So I'm assuming it was something to do with that. But that doesn't well, that's not how brains work, though. A, no, I know. I know it's not real. But like, I know you know. The, the the explanation within the episode doesn't hold with you know a basically a wound under your skin and the ink but appearing, if we're going to, we're going to accept that X-Files physics works in a way that your entire being can be summarized as some sort of electrical energy inside of you then we could also be in a world where tattoos are also magical energy inside of your skin. When you get a tattoo, it makes a magical energy signature, and that could move just like your personality. Well, when I um, like press my tattoo, it does summon the Dark Lord. <laughs> the who? The Dark Lord. He cannot be named for obvious reasons. What? Is that a race soul thing? <laughs> hey guys, it's Matt Mel again. Hello. We're back in our own bodies. Thank God. <laughs> So, what'd you think of Lazarus? 
I have nothing to say about it. It was just a stupid episode. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when it opened up, I immediately saw that it was Scully and some other random dude, and I immediately pictured this guy wearing a Star Trek uh, Red Ensign's shirt. Actually, it's funny that you called that that guy would get shot, because I called that the other guy would get shot. Yeah. I guess it was quite obvious, but... Mm. I had another questionable quote when the two robbers are in the car and one says, Are you nervous? And the the other says, Nope, I just don't want our luck to run out. Also known as, I'm fucking nervous. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't there another questionable one, though? Well, there's the whole thing about bullshit energy exploding from bodies when people die and ruining watches. Yes. (laughs) Non-specific energies. It was just a terrible, like, it was, it seemed like everything was like a bad 80s movie. It seemed like you could see everything happening a mile away. Like, it's just that the end twist of that love affair. It's like, I didn't actually love you. Mm. It was just, it seemed so cliche. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty cliche. (laughs) Mulder's favorite thing to say, it seems, and it always annoys me when he says it, is can you at least accept the possibility that blah 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 supernatural bullshit. He always has to turn everything into an X-File, except for that one episode (laughs) where he wanted it to make sense. I don't like how they never explain the tattoo. Was it the tattoo that was making him jump bodies? What was it a tattoo of? Like a lizard or something? A weird lizard, yeah. If I I get one on my arm, will I jump bodies when I die? I thought he was going to jump into the girl's body at the end and we're going to have two gender bender episodes in a row. Oh no. Because <laughs> usually they end with, oh no, it's not over. So I thought they were going to end with like her getting up and walking out with a tattoo on her arm. But I guess he's really dead and it's really over this time for once. Maybe they'll revisit the tattoo. Mm. <laughs> what did you think of the uh, the FBI's ploys? To- <laughs> well, it was a bit ridiculous just that whole scene because they're like... It's really involved. The religious guy knocking on the door with that stupid hat that he had on there. Fake holy man going yeah. around door to door. Do they have a whole fleet of those going over all 3,000 houses? Or the, is it all different ploys to get in houses? He's got special training and they hand him special pamphlets. It just, <laughs> just for such an occasion. I just picture the FBI going around like that shark in uh, Saturday Night Live trying to get in the door. Yeah. <laughs> knock, knock. Vacuums for sale. No thanks. Knock, knock. Singing telegram. I don't want any. Candy Graham. Ooh, Candy Graham. <laughs> FBI, get down! <laughs> That's actually pretty good. <laughs> I have really nothing to say about this okay, episode. Well, what, it was really bland. What would you give it then? I don't know, maybe like a five. It's just the midi, midi, mediocre yeah. kind of... It wasn't bad, eh. it wasn't good. No, it was just weird. I don't know. Well, I'll give it a can of Shasta soda laying on its side. So what would you give it? <laughs> Five diabetic shock fakeouts. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. That's what we thought. Okay. Bye. So lame. <laughs> it was. This was terrible. This is from Jonathan. Hello, Intro Talks. Let me just say that when Netflix told me that this episode featured Scarly's ex-boyfriend, I knew this was was going to be either awesome or terrible. I allowed my hopes to rise only to have them dashed. So I may have particularly disliked this episode. So there's that. When you tack on a particularly nonsensical plot that's full of holes so large you could drive a spaceship full of Amish through them. (laughs) I want to see a spaceship full of Amish. No, you don't. (laughs) I do. I just need to rewatch Witness, apparently. Um, Well, let's just say I wasn't pleased. Okay, let's just start with this freaky Friday bullshit that Mulder locked onto within seconds of beginning his investigation. I'm usually fine with Mulder's ability to work the paranormal angle, He is obsessed with the paranormal, and he does spend all of his time studying weird happenings, so it makes sense that he can quickly quickly spot an X-File in the wild. 
Usually there is some kind of existing folklore or mythology about it. Someone somewhere claims to have seen the werewolf or been bitten by the vampire or been probed by the alien. But the body swap? Not a thing. This, <laughs> this plot bugged me enough that I did a little research by which I mean I looked it up on Wikipedia and then I googled it. <laughs> the first appearance of the body swap in fiction happened in 1882 in the book Vice Versa. I'm assuming not the uh, Judge Reinhold, Fred Savage movie Vice Versa. <laughs> the, the most famous version of the story is the 1972 book Freaky Friday. On the other hand, Fat Dr. Creepy's story of the airplane crash and two people possessing the same body, not a thing. So it's fair to say that the notes I took on this episode all ended up being mostly negative. So let's get to it. Should be fun. Also, Dr. Fat Creepy's side effects of out-of-body experiences are almost entirely the same as side effects of being struck by lightning. Given that a defibrillator is a lot like being struck by lightning, this is not really surprising or relevant to this story. <laughs> Scully, <laughs> Scully's ex is too old. Too old for Scully. Too old for his age. <laughs> Just plain too old. He fought a snowman twice. <laughs> Two times. Since Scully says that he was born February 23rd, 1957, which means he was supposed to have been 37, but his face says he was more like 47. Okay, as soon as I typed that, I looked up the actor on IMDb. Boom! Nailed it! <laughs> they could mean BAM. <laughs> BAM. It's always BAM, John. Look, you have to learn this. Were there no age-appropriate actors available? Also, Scully's birthday is also February 23rd. That's coming up soon. Let's have a party, guys! <laughs> Dupree deserved to die for his poetry alone. Seriously, no wonder his girlfriend was trying to get him killed. I'm surprised she didn't strangle him when he made that American Tale reference. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe song at the end. Uh, can anyone tell me why Scully was just standing in the emergency operating room? They don't just let any random person in there, even if they work for the FBI. And why did nobody listen to her when she demanded that they keep trying to revive Jack? She's not in charge there. Oh, God, there was so much else wrong with this episode. Was Scully's ex supposed to be inhabited by two spirits? Why did both bodies react to the defibrillator? Why would an EKG show two heartbeats? Since when can an FBI agent eyeball a partial fingerprint at a crime scene and declare that it's not the victim? <laughs> also, also, a quick point of order for Fox Mulder. When you draw a weird triangle on a map and then say, for those of you that remember ninth grade math, that gives us an area of three square miles, there should definitely be some distance markings on that map. If there aren't, it makes you seem super, super douchey. <laughs> hey, um, Willis slash Dupree, if you have diabetes and you don't know it, what? If you have diabetes and you don't know it, you were dead two days ago. And why did girlfriend go along with the drugstore robbery if she wanted to get rid of Dupree? Exactly. Ugh. Older Windsor episode, he puts aside his need to argue about the X-Files to help Scully, which is nothing short of amazing. Scully wins points for her boiler room takedown of what's her name, but loses them all for ever having dated Jack. <laughs> Speaking of which, <laughs> Scully dated an obsessive who couldn't relax enough to have time for her. Really? That reminds me of someone else. Can't quite remember who. Just seems so familiar. Eh, I'm sure it'll come to me. Okay, finally, let's all just say what we've all been thinking about Jack's watch at the end. Scully should believe 
But when the man watching that watch is zapped a whole bunch of times by a defibrillator, starting at the exact time he went into cardiac arrest, that watch is going to stop. Even Mulder should have figured that one out. I'd give this episode three cut-off fingers. I'm looking forward to the episode because it must be better than this one. Jonathan. Thanks, Jonathan. <laughs> Hello, Intratox. It's Daz. I just watched Lazarus. And um, there you go, Claire. Callum Keith Rennie. That was quick. <laughs> he was only in it for about two minutes, but he was in it. Um... I really don't have much to say about this episode. Not my favorite. Um, this guy came back to life because he was in love with the world's most boring girlfriend ever. She <laughs> she was so lame. Uh, anyway, that's it. I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> I'm sure you guys will make it more interesting. Bye. This is Feedback from Val. Just quick feedback to say I enjoyed this one. I always enjoy a good body swap episode, even though this one was a one-sided swap. My favorite body swap is still from Buffy. Who are you? I love the part when Buffy... Oh, wait. Wrong podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So one question. Do rats really have a carnivorous or bloodlust thing? After Lula's brother was killed and the detective basically said his face was eaten by rats, I was like, wow, those suckers didn't waste any time and must have been really hungry because he was dead only a day wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Was Ben 1970s killer rat leading the charge or something? Val, you need to watch a little film called Willard. Did I miss a scene where they beat up Scully? Because when she was handcuffed <laughs> to the heater, she had blood coming down the side of her lip. Unless that was lipstick and it was just her poor attempt to put on lipstick while cuffed and mirrorless. <laughs> they didn't want to show her getting smacked around. I like that little reveal at the end where it was Lulu who set up Jack. As usual, I never figure these things out ahead of time. And it's probably only me. I thought the actress who played Lula looked like an older version of Emma Stone. She does. Watch again. Okay. Just me then. I give it 8 out of 10 rat-eaten faces that we never see. <laughs> Looking forward to the usual fun podcast with the gang and guest. By the way, who the hell's a Lilirio? <laughs> That's a that be- Thank you, Val. Thank you, Val. Hi, Intro to Act, it's Moira and... Davis. And we're uh, giving you our feedback for... Wait, what was this episode called? Uh, the one with the words in the title. <laughs> I'm sure they've and, already and, said it. And Jack, the FBI dude who used to date Scully. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's the one. Willis. Willis. Uh, Willis? Willis. Okay. That was his last name, Willis. What you talking about, Willis? Yeah, what you talking about. Okay! <laughs> uh, tell us what you were saying before about... The opening, not the sequences, but the first part of this show and how Mulder makes his conclusion. Oh, just that uh, how every single time he, on no evidence, basically figures out immediately what's going to go on for the entire rest of the episode. (laughs) And then later on, they find enough evidence that you might actually believe that he could connect it to the X-Files. But he's already like, oh, well, obviously I knew that this was coming. (laughs) That's right. Like, just once you'd like him to wait half a second before he yells out, X-Files, aliens, someone's taken over a body. Basically. And yet, and yet, we kind of enjoyed it, right? Yeah, I thought I still enjoyed the uh, a lot of the I don't know. I guess the character development in this one. In what way? What do you just because we had a, we had a whole bunch of people who we met at the start, um, and then over the course of the episode, they actually sort of brought together how they probably should have acted, in my opinion, based on what we know about them. So like uh, the conflict in the Jack character. Cool. So I thought that was really good. Um, okay, what about the magical? 
amazing appearing tattoo. Oh yeah, I don't, I just don't know because they they like showed us the tattoo a couple times and then it disappeared or then it, it appeared and then disappeared when he died and that's it. And f- you know, there's just okay. Not that I know a lot about possessed bodies because it's not real. Oh, you don't know that. <laughs> but um, I don't think that possessing the guy's the soul possessing Jack's body would make a tattoo appear. Not you don't know. Not yeah, you don't know tattoos. Nope. I don't know Maybe tattoos. he likes tattoos. Okay, I have to do my Moira's Medical Minute with respect to the diabetic stuff oh, in this episode. Goodness. Oh, come on. It's so wrong. So, just to clarify, Scully, once again, is showing her absolute lack of medical knowledge. Well, no. It's, yes, it's, it's, it's yeah. the writing team. It's not, I, I know it's not that. her fault. I know. Shh, shh. I'm just I'm being, I'm being <laughs> difficult. Because she says, oh, you've had too many sodas. That's going to cause hypoglycemia. Okay, no, no. <laughs> you've had too much sugar. You're going to suffer from not enough <laughs> from sugar. From low blood sugar. So, no, she meant hyperglycemia, which, yeah, you can get some abdominal pain, but no, that's not the first sign of impending diabetic coma. coma. yeah. You're going to have thirst and headache and feel like crap. Once again, you know what? The writers just needed to have one doctor on staff no, to no, look they these need, things up They needed them. one dude to do a little research. You don't well, even need a doctor doc- to know well, that you stuff. You know what? I-, I was a doctor then. They could have asked me. I would have worked for the X-Files. Yeah. Damn you. People. Ugh. Anyway, so, yeah, once again, Scully messes up, but to it by now. Yeah. The other thing I thought was hilarious, at the beginning of the episode when they were defibrillating the guy and the body in the background was, was just jumping all over the place. <laughs> and nobody noticed. They were, okay, there were even like, there were even nurse slash surgeon guys standing like behind Jack's body, so they would have been looking yes. over it towards yes. the body that was jumping yes, around. They would have been and they were like, they were like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't see anything. I don't see any corpse jumping in the background. Whatever do you mean? <laughs> Yeah, They're no. like the three monkeys or whatever, like hear nothing, uh, see nothing, yeah. speak nothing. Speak I don't nothing. know. Speak, speak no evil. evil. Yeah, the evil. The oh, yeah. But, okay, so Davis, who, um, Monster of the Week is supposed to be where you, you, you um, rate the evilness and sex appeal of the monster. The monster being, I guess, well... I could, don't there was like, there wasn't really a monster, it was just a guy. Well, the guy, but you know who was creepier is the woman. Yeah, the female accomplice. Weird. If we call her the Monster of the Week, she was actually pretty... No. A little bit evil? Pretty creepy? <laughs> she wasn't even... Okay, because she was just playing the guy. Yeah, but she was a bit more badass than She was just really, playing. Sort of. Anyway, Yo. what about in terms of who wins <laughs> Scully versus uh, Okay, uh, obviously, in my opinion, Mulder wins this yeah. one. Because he just knew again, <laughs> and he was right. Mulder intuition. Oh, one other thing was the, uh, the thing about um, writing with your left hand. Yeah, how he didn't bring that up as uh, proof Yeah, because, later on. Because, well, when Dana said, oh, you know, just because you forgot my birthday, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, but, Scully, just because you've had trauma, you don't suddenly change your handedness. Yeah. Come on. <sighs> Not believable. And you, should, you wouldn't just change it and then be good at writing with yeah, it. Yeah, that's a big baloney. Because, yeah, that yeah. left-handed signature of Jack looked awfully tidy, yeah. didn't it? Yeah. It, well, right, clearly right. the actor knows how to okay. write with his left hand. But, I guess. overall, out of ten, what would you rate this one? <sighs> Keeping in mind last week's ridiculous climb I, I through, just, the, through, okay. the, through I just, the Amish catacombs yeah. was horrible. Last week was just weird because it was like a Star Wars. You uh, know, what is that episode two Attack of the Clones that they have the flying dudes? I think. No, they live in know. like catacombs. And someone anyway, might know on the show. They'll know. But uh, it, it reminded me of that set. Um, and it was horrible. When Mulder was climbing around in it. But, so, okay, so that one sucked. I guess this one's like a seven. Yeah, I'd yeah, say seven. Seven? Seven out of ten what? Seven out of ten vanishing tattoos. Yeah, vanishing tattoos. Oh, and Robin, I have to tell you, at one point, honest to God, before we started recording, Davis actually said, and I did not put him up to it, he said, there's just too much exposition well, <laughs> in this episode, <laughs> and I just about died. The way, the way it happened was, um, 
I was thinking of things to nitpick about, and I said, oh yeah, there's just too much exposition. <laughs> so I thought, we thought you'd like that. Yeah, All apparently. Right, um, thanks, guys. Can't wait to hear what you think. Bye. Bye. All of our episodes can be found on iTunes or Downcast. If you're listening, let us know at twitter.com slash intro to do X. Join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash intro talks. Keep it spoiler free. If you do want to talk about spoilers, we have a group for that. That's at facebook.com slash groups slash super secret spoiler. Email us with feedback at mail at introtalks.com. Make sure the episode title is in the subject line. If you want to email me with anything spoilery, email me at supersecretspoiler at introtox.com. All of our podcasts and contact information can be found on our basement office on the internet, introtox.com. And you can tweet me at twitter.com slash lrobiniero. Also check out Redemption Cast, an intro cast I co-host about the TV series Angel. You can find that at redemptioncast.blogspot.com. You can find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash mayafire. You can find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash tambyyip. You can also find me on i'llwatchthatmovie.com where I am a newbie going through movies from the 80s, 90s, and then we'll see what happens from there. And on a belly dance podcast called Yip Podcast. You guys can catch me on the Ramjack Podcast and also on the Twin Peaks Podcast. Snowy the snowman was made to look like a friendly soul. With a top hat and scarf and a carrot nose And a smile made out of coal Building the snowman Was a tradition that snow day But what we did not know was that The snow was unnatural in some way There must have been something toxic In that snow used from the ground For all the snowmen came alive And began to attack the town Yes.